Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the last and final segment of our interview with Stefan M. Sisla, co-founder of IOTA, and Gordon McKenzie, CTO and co-founder at IOTA, having a discussion about what is a treasury policy. Stefan brings his expertise from his previous roles at FIG Corporate Finance and as Chief of Staff at Bankable, while Gordon McKenzie has a background as a clinical entrepreneur at NHS England. Together, they bring a very interesting blend of knowledge around working capital management and technology. Our conversation with them was truly captivating, and we are excited to share it with you. In the episode of today, expect to learn what is a treasury policy, what is the link between a company's working capital management and its treasury policy, what are the solutions offered in regard to the treasury policy, and how does that intersect with working capital management, and of course, like always, much much more. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast app. Your support means the world to us and it helps the podcast to thrive. Moreover, it helps more people to find out about our podcast and learn more about corporate treasury completely for free. Last but not least, we started the AI Treasury Insight newsletter, a bi-weekly three to five minutes read that covers what is happening in AI in treasury and how this technology will change the way we do corporate treasury. Follow the link in the description or simply type in your browser corporate-treasury-101.com slash newsletter. With all that being said, please welcome Stefan and Gordon. Another aspect that you often refer to on your websites that we'd like to, to dig into is the treasury policy. So this is a big topic, so we will probably need to have a, a full dedicated episode on this, but maybe to begin with, can you briefly explain to us what a treasury policy is? Yeah, sure. It's, um, you know, that's, that's actually, I guess it's a document which a number of principles that will kind of underpin how you approach treasury management in general. And you know, within the treasury policy, you, you often find various sections that deal with different types of considerations that you need to have around, let's say, cash and broader or treasury management. And um, it will probably state, you know, what are your objectives, how you, what kind of tools you have at your disposal, how you will make decisions, what kind of governance um, kind of you put around it. And then very importantly, it will also, um, at least give you a guidance uh, as to how to define your risk appetite, uh, your treasury risk appetite. Because you know, at the end of the day, when you think about treasury, it's all about a uh, kind of balance of risks and rewards, rewards you can achieve. And in a way, like, you know, a well-designed treasury policy kind of acts as your like North Star for your day-to-day -day decision-making. And this kind of goes back to some of the things that Gordon mentioned just now, which is that, um, you know, we try to, our systems are trying to identify areas where we can improve on a continuous basis, because these are life processes that keep changing. And the reason why we, why we like the concept of treasury policy so much, and we essentially allow people to like encode elements of the treasury policy in our platform is to, to give our systems an understanding as to what is the kind of risk appetite. Of, of a given organization that's using the platform. And, um, you know, this might be 
risks related to, to your liquidity profile, to your FX exposures, to your counterparty exposures. It's, it's a way for us to, to essentially make sure that we don't apply a cookie cutter approach to everybody and, you know, attempt to create a one size fits all solution. It's really about finding those opportunities and risks that are opportunities and risks as you understand them and as, as they use them. That's a super good one. How do you, do you link those two? Do you invite the users to actually trust their treasury policy within the tool? Do you link it with any other document, TMS or whatever they would be setting up to say, okay, this is our maximum exposure that we are willing not to hedge, for instance. How does that work in the, in the nitty gritty for the case of IORA? Yeah. So we essentially ask people a set of questions at, at onboarding or around onboarding for the, the system asks the questions and we kind of use the answers that you provide to, to define uh, that, that risk appetite, you know, it's, it's quite clean because it means that, you know, you don't have to fiddle with a lot of PDFs and, but also necessarily worry about elements of a treasury policy, that perhaps are less relevant to what our system does. Okay. And so do you offer solutions in regard to the treasury policy as a whole, or is it only focused on working capital management or is there like room for scaling up and developing further on that? And there's probably always, always room to, to expand <laughs> right now. It's, it's a show, I'm sure. <laughs> but right now we, we kind of link it really back to, to the functionalities that we, that we offer. And, you know, we, for example, when it comes to kind of like cash and liquidity side of, of the treasure, treasure function, that really is a set of kind of liquidity and market risks that the people need to manage for. You guys also have this section in your literature where you talk about bank concentration risk, right? Which is also a very topical conversation, especially in the US right now, where we've seen three big banks, well, globally seen three big banks fail, regional banks to be fair. Um, I mean, I guess it's quite topical, right? Everyone's thinking about, well, am I a startup right now that's got all my money in Silicon Valley Bank that <laughs> can only withdraw like uh, 250,000 of it? Etc. Like, can you talk a little bit more about about that? Like, what's what's your insights or what solutions you provide around bank concentration risk? Yeah, totally. It's a very very topical one, and um, you know we see this as one of the elements of of like the market risks that you need to manage for. Yeah, look, it's obviously really unfortunate that you know there were these these events that have made everybody think about it again, and you know we are we are sorry to see like some really kind of um, much love that situations get trouble, right? Um, but it, it's kind of is a reminder that, you know, risk management is kind of about managing for kind of black swan events, um, in a way, and, and they do happen. And unfortunately they tend to come about, uh, kind of like fast and out of nowhere, or at least it might seem like that. Um, but you know, like on a kind of more practical note, if you think about counterparty exposures, this is really just, you know, how, how likely is it that the counterparties that effectively, you know, owe you money, uh, run a trouble and might not be able to get it back to you. It's, it's kind of linked back to, you know, the broader macroeconomic environment we were talking about earlier. And I think it's just another emanation of, of kind of new risks that, you know, kind of raise the head again, if you like. 
important. And how do we help people manage that? Well, you know, companies tend to have a policy as to how much exposure they're willing to take to a, a single institution. If they don't, they probably should. The way we, we've set up our platform means that even if as an organization, you haven't thought about it before, we can, we can essentially help you think about it now. And, um, and then we, and then we, we track this, this exposure on an ongoing basis. And if you kind of deviate for some reason, and um, then we'll let you know so that you can re rebalance your, your exposures. Um, and we're also able to kind of you know, make use of the fact that this is a computer system. So it's pretty good at pushing out information like, um, you know, things like ratings, um, things like regulatory delegations from different banks. So you don't have to think about this. It just help all the time. Makes a lot of sense. Guys, thank you so much for coming on the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. Is there anything else that you want to add about Iora or working capital management or the future of working capital management? Um, well, I mean, you know, firstly, we, we also wanted to thank you for, uh, for, for hosting us today. We really enjoyed the discussion. I mean, just to summarize, you know, reaching treasury is a very exciting topic and, and likewise, we, we just, we just also wanted to, you know, uh, remind everybody listening that treasury is not just a big company topic. And, you know, no matter how big or small a company is, they, they inevitably will have a treasury function, even if there's no separate team to, to manage that. Um, and you know, no matter how, how big or small, uh, you, you need to think about these problems, these risks, and also opportunities that, that this function kind of entails. You know, oftentimes these problems appear to be small in isolation, but it's kind of all about maximizing these marginal gains and, and avoiding extreme risks. You know, it adds up. And there's actually also what machines are pretty good at. So, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's kind of um, a little summary. And, you know, if um, you want to learn more about us, then obviously head to uh, helloiora.com to our ward and or hit us up on LinkedIn. Both Gordon and I spend probably a bit too much time on LinkedIn. It's good. Everything related to that will be in the show notes below. So anyone listening can go down there and find either Gordon or Stefan's LinkedIn profile or also the Hello Iora website link as well. Guys, I uh, appreciate you a lot for coming on and uh, all the best with uh, all the, the, the company. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Awesome. Thank bye you bye. Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. Cheers.